episode. Your favorite time of the week. Let's shoot. I believe I'm right. Total episode. Your favorite time of the week. Can we start with that? We can. Okay, thanks. This is this is your favorite time of the week. This is mine. This is theirs. Do you listen to this favorite time of the week? Yeah. Where's my mouth? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second episode of the Total 90 Podcast. This is your favorite time of the week. This is my favorite time of the week. And right now I am joined with a man who has Steven Gerrard's boots stapled on his wall. Some say they're the same boots that he used to slip over and cost his team the Premier League. Mickey Kennedy, how are we doing? Good, mate. And can I make one thing clear? If yep. Steven Gerrard signed it, which he did, I don't care what boots they are. Do you reckon it's actually his signature? Yes, <laughs> there's a there's a cert- certificate of cert- uh, authentication on the back, and it's got to be true. And if it isn't, I'm going to cry myself to sleep for at least a week. Well, yeah, we're coming at you a week late than what we were expecting to, and probably lucky because a lot has happened this week, especially. I, I feel like this week has really exploded. I think it was a bit it was a bit dull before this week, and I think um, you're right. It's just gone zero to a hundred very quick. After Man, I think Man City made the first move, and then it was just kind of nothing happened for about three weeks, and now, you know, what do we what do we start? I'm going to go in straight away. Record signing, Alexander Lacazette straight to Arsenal. The fees a bit variant. We'll say about forty five to fifty five million pound. Yeah. What are we thinking? Is yep. he as good as what everyone thinks he is? I think you know uh, Arsenal. Have, they definitely held held back. They waited their time. I think. Do you reckon Nick? Like they, they've definitely been looking at him for a while. Four, and four or five years now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They've definitely uh, they've had their mindset. Some say even when he was in the uh, under twenty one World Cup with France, he was getting looked at by Arsenal. Um, you know, thirty seven goals from forty five appearances this year. That, the numbers like that speak for themselves. You know, even in League One. Um, for me personally, I feel you know, League One is a, is a little bit of a easy player, but he was he wasn't playing for PSG. Let's just remember that he's not playing for the the number one team. That's true. Um, he wasn't part of that Monaco team that did so well this year. He was part of Lyon. Uh, you know, I think they had an okay season. I'm not sure. I'm not 100 sure where they finished off. I don't follow the French league that closely. Nobody does. Uh, no, that's it. Why would you? <laughs> I'm joking. But yes, I, I think the real he he will only be judged on how he does at Arsenal. I think. Well, it's you know it's a very interesting signing. You know, a lot of people come out and said that sometimes you know Giroud will play above Lacazette when it comes to the you know the international duties with France. Which I found surprising. I didn't even know that fact until just then. Yeah, like, you know, there's a bunch of comments on it. Um, you know, they're going to be playing. Do you think Giroud not really going to get too much game time now? I wouldn't think so. I think um, Lacazette seems to be the type of guy that would work even better with uh, the likes of if Sanchez stays, which is another topic, and uh, you know. You know, you got Walcott there, he's quick, Oxley, Chamberlain, um, you know, those kind of guys. I feel like Lacazette's the kind of guy to work better with them, and Ozil as well, of course. Well, okay, so first year, how long do we give this guy to develop? You know, this is a, this is a guy coming from a different league. You know, it depends. Sometimes when the better the player, the less time that is given. Yep. If you saw Ibra last year came in and, and basically from the get-go was on fire. Do we give this guy a season or two? Are we going to write him off after, after week four? Definitely not a season or two. Um, you know, you're coming with a with a 42 52 mil price tag or whatever it is. It's ridiculous. It's not. It's actually, to be honest, these days it's not ridiculous, is it? No. Well, it is for Arsenal. It like you know, for for a Man City or something like that. If well, let's be honest, 
if Man City did the exact same deal for Lacazette, how much do you reckon they would have paid for him? Oh, probably more. But to be honest, you know, there's one thing I've probably noticed about Arsenal you know, over the last couple of years is uh, he's, a, he's a man to very much keep keep his hands in his pockets uh, transfer-wise and then all of a sudden just goes bang and just hits an absolute beauty. Like, he doesn't buy much, but when he does buy, he buys big. You think of Ozil, you think of Sanchez. He's, he really, you know, those years, even with... Um, What's his name? Chaka or whatever it is. Chaka. Yeah, that's his name. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> but um, he, he's kept his cards close to his chest and he really just throws it all out on the table and buys these players. But, you know, four years down the track, you see, honestly, like, if you look back and he's bought Sanchez, like Azette, Ozil, those kind of players, he's starting to feel, form a really good team. Um, the question is, you know, can they can they go on this year and actually do something for once? Well, that's the big question. If and like you know, this Lacazette signing has a bit of a domino effect for a lot of teams, really, and it, it moves us on to Sanchez, probably. Who, you know, a lot of people say now that Lacazette's been done, Sanchez might be out the door. What do you? He's been saying there's demands of four hundred thousand a week. Is he worth that to anybody? I don't think anyone really like. I think he's twenty nine now. So yeah, how how many years does he want four hundred thousand dollars a week for? I don't know, but um. I don't think four hundred thousand is really like. I don't think anyone is anyone on that except if they're in China. I think Messi's on that. I think Messi might be. Yeah, on that and much. Messi and Sanchez. There's no comparison. Like Sanchez is a great player. Don't get me wrong, but he's not leaning on Messi. He's not one of the greatest to ever play the game. But would you argue that if you know if they did pay for Sanchez four hundred thousand a week, do you think if Arsenal was to win a title in the next two seasons that it would it would all be worth it, wouldn't it? Ah, uh, yes and no. I think. Um, you know, the point that we could raise, but also, is uh, say uh, they say no to this, right? He's got a year left on his contract, yeah? Yeah. He's got a year. If they hold on to him, they say no to any bids. Um, do you, I'll ask you this question. You know, if Sanchez went out there on a Saturday and played, even though he's on his last year of contract, Arsenal said no, do you think he'd still give 110%? He seems like the guy that, for me, I reckon he would. I reckon he wears his heart on his sleeve, plays with his heart. And don't forget... You know, um, if he, he if he was looking to go away, he'd want to have a good season anyway. Um, wants to keep his price up. Yeah, wants to keep his price up. So I don't think Arsenal would offer four hundred thousand. I think they'd be stupid to do that. I just don't think any player's worth that. It would except like for Messi or Ronaldo, maybe even. Arsenal are one of those teams like a four hundred thousand dollar play would destroy their wage bill. And that's the thing. Like, it doesn't just affect them, it affects everybody else. Yeah, like every snowball would, effect. Yeah, people would be having to pay, take pay cuts. And then there'd be people, you know, probably like Ozil and, you know, like, and, you know, whoever else that thinks they're good enough to get a pay rise. And yep. that's when, you know, Wenger has to come out and say, well, you know, maybe you're not as good as what people think. And then that, you know, it creates a lot and it can create a bit of a toxic environment. In terms of Sanchez, you know, we're saying he could be out the door. Man City looking pretty likely at the moment still. Yeah, even Bayern, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah Bayern is Bayern's still looking. And, you know, there's always the big clubs that are looking. It seems like Man City are in the driver's seat at the moment. Arsenal, you know, you could argue that they're already planning for life after Sanchez because they're going really hard at Mahrez. They are going pretty hard at Mahrez. And, um, you know, his stocks did fall a lot last year um, after a pretty quiet season. Well, is, he say, a, at least. is he a one-season wonder? Well, it'd be interesting to see. If he goes to Arsenal, we'll definitely find out because yeah. if he doesn't do it in Arsenal, he's not going to do it anywhere. Um, you know, like, you know, Arsenal's you know, a top-tier club. Um, uh, debatable. To, <laughs> coming from the Tottenham fan over there. Well, they're higher than Tottenham. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll just your face right there. <laughs> 
one time I've ever seen Nick speechless is this now. <laughs> but yeah, if you can't do it at Arsenal, I don't think you could do it much, much other places. Um, and but for his sake, I hope he does play well. You know, he was electric when he was at that that lesser winning uh, title winning season. Yeah, he was, and um, yeah, it is. It's one of those things that like Leicester had a bad season. Did that reflect on his performance? Is is he the reason? How much of a barometer was he to Leicester? Was he on the same level as Kante when they won the title? Do you think Kante was all by himself? Uh, no, no, I definitely. Well, Mares was player of the year. I don't forget. Well, yeah, true. Yeah, he was player of the year. So, um, I, I think it's a, it's a it's a combination of things as well. You know, did they have the same desire? You know, they they'd done it. You know, yeah. you found that they they were playing really well in Champions League. You know, that, that's something that they hadn't been in before. Um, and it also almost seemed last year that they were just waiting for the Champions League games. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they'll, lose, so. they'll lose every night and then go out of the Champions League. I'm pretty, pretty sure they won three 0 in the first game. Yeah. And uh, I think they were. I think the only besides the the last game, the group stage, the only game they lost before the um the quarterfinals. So, you know, maybe he didn't see the challenge in the Premier League anymore. I, I find that kind of hard to believe. But um, maybe you know he's had a, he's had a heart set on someone else, and maybe this is the year that. We find the best Mario's back. Yeah, big chance. Well, if, say hypothetically, Lacazette, Sanchez and Ozil playing as the Arsenal front front three, pretty intimidating. It is, definitely. Um, I'd like to see more of a Lacazette as a single little striker, probably Sanchez, um, play, play Ozil, behind. and then even a Walcott, something on the right. Do you know, Walcott's one of those funny players for Arsenal. I feel like Arsenal have a lot of players that are good, don't show it enough on the field, but would have an incredible market value if other teams would want him. Because I think a walk-up would go for a significant amount of money. I think, yeah, you, I think you hit the nail on the head too. They've, they've also had a lot of players that have been touted as being the next big thing. You know, remember Walcott signed it at 16. He played the World Cup, Cup that year. You know, the youngest Englishman. I don't, yeah. He didn't play, I'm pretty sure. But then you got him, and then the next one was Oxlade Chamberlain. The same kind of deal. They talked yeah. up to be these big, big players. Both from Southampton, actually. Um and you feel like you just two more. Yeah, just two another two. <laughs> but you just you feel more like you're just waiting for them to have that year. And they've both shown glimpses and you think they're gonna go on here and they just quite haven't and yeah, you know, they're the kind of players that probably expected more and they're getting the twenty five, twenty six now, even a bit older and nothing still was really produced. Yeah, I I think Walcott is fantastic like trade bait transfer value. Yeah, I think yeah. I feel like you you can open up the, your wage bill as well by getting rid of him. I think Ox, if I was Arsenal, I'd be trying to hang on to him. I think he's. I think this season's going to be a big one for Ox Lee Chamberlain. Yeah, I really do. It's got to be. It's, but it's got to be happening soon because you know you find people saying that about them too, year in year out. Uh, year ah uh, year in year out. <laughs> we'll try it again. There we go. Third time lucky. <laughs> but yeah, you feel like they're saying that kind of stuff. You know, like. This is a year. This is Walcott's year. He's gonna have a big year this year, and he started off well last year. Walcott. Yeah, very true. But uh, anyway, uh, we're moving on now. Uh, we're also looking at the seventy-five mil transfer for Lukaku, possibly to Man United. Early stages thought he was going to Chelsea, but um, what are your thoughts on this, Nick? Do, do you reckon the, the like I, I mentioned this to you before off air that um, possible agents could be at play with this? Because don't forget the the agent for Lukaku is the same agent for Mkhitaryan and Ibrahimovic, which both went to Man United. See, I, I actually had no I had no idea about that, and also. He's currently on holiday with Paul Pogba. Uh, and wouldn't he be getting in his ear, you know? Yeah, exactly. He'd be telling him where, where the place to go is. Uh, you know, $75 million, it hasn't officially gone through yet. It's looking pretty likely. You know, I'm talking to the guy who was saying that 
uh, he was a guarantee to go to Chelsea last episode. You said an absolute guarantee. I said, maybe Man United. And you said, nope, fuck you. Go fuck yourself. There's no chance. Did I say that? Yeah, you did. Oh, well, maybe not those words, but yeah. we will. <laughs> maybe we'll we, won't, we won't go back. <laughs> Look at that. But is he worth 75 mil? That is a lot of money. If you're it is a lot. Pogba only being, you know, 15, 15 more. Yeah, 15 more. But what did Pogba do last year? Not much, but what? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess like it's almost like um, is Man United learning from their lesson? Probably not. Um, <laughs> that's that, that is the truth of the matter. Um, time will tell. It, you know, seventy five mil, a lot of money, but you know, it's getting to the stage where seventy five mil is just a, is, is becoming almost a part. Don't you think? Well, it, it's getting higher and higher. You, you see the wages for this um, these players coming through. You know, um, it's 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 a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but. It's becoming more normal than abnormal. It is. And, you know, Lukaku's one of those players I just don't know. I don't know how this guy's going to go. You know, Mourinho's, you know, has come out and said, I've been looking at him for a while. I don't believe that for a second. Yeah, because I, he let him go at Chelsea. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't reckon, I feel like, you know, Mourinho's a pretty, uh, he's a bit, a bit of a spiteful guy. I always thought that, you know, he was always kind of against Lukaku when he was with Chelsea and let him go. He kind of said it was the right thing to do, even when Lukaku was succeeding elsewhere. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's got him. I don't know. Like Lukaku's one of those players to me that he could do it against the crappy teams. I'd love to see how he goes. You know, now that he's in you know, the biggest team in the league, arguably, you know, money-wise, it's going to be interesting yep. to see how he goes. Well, that's if it goes through. Yeah, that's if it goes through, of course. And if it doesn't go through, well, they've got their next target, Murata. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of uh, I mean, United fans are probably... Rather Murata. I think it's very fifty fifty online. I've yeah. seen a lot of people say, you know, let's do not spend 50, 75 mil on Lukaku. Lukaku. What do you think Murata's worth? Uh well if you're paying seventy five mil for Lukaku, would you go as high as that for Murata? I think he's a little bit less. I'd say about sixty. 60. I'd say about sixty. Especially I don't think Lukaku should be seventy five. No to a degree. Like but it's not surprising me if that makes sense. Like it's not like I'm go- jumping out of the seat going, What? Like, you know, it's kinda of, it's like it's ha- it happens, you know. It's just the way the way it works at the moment, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. And it's and you're right. It's just trying. Premier League teams probably trying to spot each other. So to, get to the target first. With the Lukaku deal coming from Everton, uh, Rooney's looking to go to Everton. Is there some? Do you reckon they could strike up some kind of deal? Do you reckon it's gonna be something completely yeah. separate? They usually keep these sec- separate. There's not really straight. Yeah, swaps yeah. I don't. Or... I can't say you know because it, it's just the easiest way to keep you know the uh, the prices you know separated yeah. and, and keep it you know straightforward. There's no like do- you know. Like, no team will win, no team will lose out of it. They just get the deals done, separate it's, them, and kind of, yeah. It's also one of those things, you don't want to make the player feel too bad to say, like, you know, oh, you know, how much were you? It's like, oh, you know, it was me. I went to uh, Everton. You went, Lukaku came to Man United, and they have to pay him, you know, an extra 50 mil. Yeah. You know, you're basically saying you're yeah. a 50 mil worse player than, than the other guy. Uh, as a, as a, if you're an Everton fan, Nick, hypothetically. Yes. You're looking at it now, you're seeing Rooney come in. Are you happy with the deal or not? I personally, probably not. I'm I'm really surprised. You know, I said this on the last episode. If you were an Everton fan, you'd be going get the hell away from Rooney. There's yep. no there like yep. there is a turnover going on at Everton. You know, Lukaku now might be leaving. It's pretty pretty confident that he will be, but you never know. Uh, Barkley's looking like he might be out the door. You know, but Everton, he might be going to Tottenham. Yeah, big chance to go to Tottenham. We'll talk about. A bit does he does later. he break in? Just a quick one. Does he break into that? Spoilers team? Uh, does he break into the first team? No, no way. He's uh, what's he, the point then? He's a sub. He would be a sub player. I don't think someone like Ross Barkley would be accepting of a of a part time. No, not a Spurs. I don't. I don't believe it either. I really. I think it's very interesting. I don't know what you know the club is telling him or what he thinks of himself. Maybe he just has this. You know, he thinks he's the best thing in the world. Which yeah, yeah. He might, he it might have been it, thought it, of at Everton. Same same time. This time last year, we were looking at Eric Dyer being you know 
Wanamyama, you know what I mean? It's yeah. the kind of same kind of deal. Like, you couldn't see that happening. Yeah, very true, very true. So, you know, hey, we'll ask that question in 12 months, eh? Yeah, well, that's... Um, moving on, another hypothetical tra- uh, question. Uh, Lukaku goes to Man United, right? Let's yes. just say it's a done deal. Where does that leave Chelsea and, and more importantly, Diego Costa? That's an interesting one. I'm ex- like, you know, it was always kind of the obvious thing that was going to happen that Lukaku would go to Chelsea, Costa would go, Costa and yep. Kante have no, don't really get along. Kante doesn't think too much, or Conte, sorry, doesn't think too much. Well, after that well, text message, you think, you know, Golo Kante probably doesn't think much of Costa Riva. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he was looking, and they would get rid of him, bring Lukaku and Sunshine and Rainbows kind of thing. Now it's kind of, you know, Chelsea be going, oh shit, now we're going to have to raise our price tag for Costa to get rid of him. Yeah, you know, and you've got to understand that Costa really wanted to go to Atletico Madrid. And Chance funny it. enough, funny enough, going from before, Lacazette wanted to go out left Atletico Madrid. They were really looking at him. Obviously, they can't make a transfer. Until They're really making their mark on uh, European football, Atletico. You know, like, you, you think of Lacazette and you think of Diego Costa, like, you know, Atletico being their, you know, preferred destination. Yeah. You, you really see the shift um, heading towards up in Spain and... And it's not just Barcelona, it's not just Real Madrid now. There's, they're really starting to come, you know, break even with other teams. I think that's a really good point because, like, you know, if you go... I think once you start becoming a priority team by big players, that's when you start going, okay, we're a big team here. Yeah. We're, we're a powerhouse. And, like, outside of... I'd love to see what everyone would think of Atletico Madrid if they came into the Premier League, where, where they would stand. Not in terms of the table where they end up, but I think they'd be considered one of the big clubs. Yeah, and you, and you just look at players like Griezmann and, and players like that who are, who are staying now. They're not going, you know what I mean? They, I think he could have easily gone in this transfer window and I haven't heard anything from him yet, you know what I mean? Like, I've heard no rumours of him leaving. Yeah. And, um, you know, just just on that at its own, it's, it's just a showing that they're able to hold on to those players and get something, you know? That's, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, well, well back to Chelsea, sorry. I just, get, I just yeah. want to get a couple of quick points out on Chelsea. If... The um, Costa goes, hypothetically, is it is it worthwhile going after Murata if this Lukaku deal goes through? Because there are like there are a lot of dominoes in place right now. Yeah, and that, and that's the interesting thing about this. Like, and it's only going to get better for like us as a neutral. It's um, really exciting, actually. Yeah, right now. where's it going to go? And it, you know what? It's, it'd be an option. I reckon that they wouldn't have crossed him out. That's for sure. And then they and then now seeing that Lukaku is linked with Man United, I dare say that they'd be looking at him right now as a as a real possibility. Um, is there any other strikers you reckon you could chuck into that mix? See, you look around and it's usually they'd have their eye on people and they'd be starting to kind of like, you know, have interviews and that. It's it's very difficult with, you know, kind of midway through that kind of transfer period to kind of go out and go, okay, we're going to go after a new guy and get some real quality because most players are pretty pretty much staying where they're going now. If yep. they're going, they, they're yep. probably in talks with clubs. If they're not going, they're probably just staying. Yeah, they've already signed on, yeah. And, look, you know, we forgot about the biggest departure, speaking of Chelsea. John Terry. John Terry. <laughs> and where's he going to, Nick? Uh, he's going to the more, the more popular <laughs> club of Aston Villa. <laughs> now, um, the reason behind this decision is because he couldn't stand to play against Chelsea. Um, <laughs> is that actually his reason? Yeah, there's no, I'm not even joking. He said that in the interview that last week. That shows enough confidence in where Aston Villa are going. Um, I wouldn't have picked Aston Villa as a club. I actually won a bet on Aston Villa this year um, with a mate. My bet was they would finish in the bottom half of the table of the championship, and they finished thirteenth. I think pretty oh, sure on goal difference. Fuck it, at twenty four. Good money. What'd you win? Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. And then a hundred on Liverpool top four. <laughs> so I've had a good year in the betting. In well, you also oh, you also a hundred bucks for Liverpool not being in the Champions League or winning the Champions. Yeah, League, but sorry. I made that bet when I was like sixteen. I was I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I still haven't paid that. Sorry, if Tim, you're listening, 
I owe you 100 bucks. And now you think you have an idea. Back on, well, okay. So we skipped <laughs> the over. The biggest joke of all, so I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so we skipped over before. You were talking about Everton. And yep. you know, there is a bit of a turnover. Everton are, you know, early on have just gone to the cleaners. And they're, they're really going in. They've Apparently yep. they've spent around $100 million worth of transfers. Yep. Yep. Madness for a club like Everton. I'm not saying Everton are kind of one of those. Yeah, I call them the seventh club. I, yep. do. I, I, I go, there's the big six, then there's Everton, and then there's the rest. Yep. What do you think about the players coming in? I know you're big on Pickford. I know you've been a massive go- fan of Pickford. You've been going yeah. on for a little bit on him. Um, whatever. What about the rest of them? Well, for once, Everton have actually done their business earlier. They've been renowned for putting their business in late in the transfer window. Everyone should do this. Panic as well. buy almost. Um, yeah, one hundred percent they should. Um, I don't know why clubs wait. Like, what is what is possibly could be going like? I know you've got to think hard and careful about the guys you sign, but surely you've been yeah, surely you've been looking through the year. You know what I mean? If you're waiting to find out about someone, surely you would have found that out by the the time the transfer window opens. You know these these are established clubs. I don't know why they're taking so long to make these moves. How can it help the preseason for one? You know, if you got guys coming in the last game, the last day of transfer window. And then probably got a game the next week, you know. Yeah. But, like, that's the thing. But, um, yeah, I am a massive fan of Pickford. Massive. And also, like, sorry, on that, you go, like, if you're coming from a different country, you don't speak the language, you don't know anyone. Exactly. And you're supposed to be this kind of, you're supposed to go straight into the first team. It makes everything very difficult. Yeah. And also kind of people, you know, as a fan, it's frustrating as hell going going through transfer periods, as I'm experiencing right now, and yep. not, nothing happening. Well, it actually reminds me of um, when you guys sold Bale and got Lamella. And I remember watching him come on. And I, I swear they bought him like on the Wednesday, and he was out playing. <laughs> Some no this Argentinian guy, you know, not many people would have known about, and then he's got to try and go out and perform, you know, within days. Like, it's not fair on the player, and it's not fair on the fans really because they don't know that they're playing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Going back to Everton, uh, Pickford for thirty mil, King for thirty mil. Uh, it looks to be a classic case of the English man inflation. Yeah, it does. It, does it really it, does. Yeah. Um, Keane, solid. Had a great year. Yes. Don't know, 30 million, but? Well, you know... Like, you know when, he's 24, 25. He's in his prime. When you're selling a player... Or going into his prime. Yeah, right? it's, probably, it's probably the most I would pay for him. And yeah. I'm sure that you know, when they're selling him, they'll probably like, let's try and get the most out of him. If we're going to sell him because you know, he was the best player... Yep. We're gonna have to yeah, we're gonna have to put a bit bit of a price tag. And if they match it, then we'll give it to him. I can use that for help us out. Yep. And yeah, and pick for thirty million. I really like this guy. Actually really like I'm a yeah. massive fan. I watched him early on when he first started playing for Sunderland. And I think the best thing that David Morris did as Sunderland coach is give this kid a go and left him in the goals. You know what I mean? You don't just you didn't play him for a couple of games, drop him. He, he was enthusiastic. You see him around the net, like he's diving, yeah. yeah. He, he's made some really good saves. I would I would I wouldn't have mind Liverpool having a bit of this guy. I reckon yeah. he's a goalkeeper for the future. What is he like? Eighteen or something? He's, he's young. Very young. Yeah. Very young. Um, and he's good energy. I th- I think he's going to be really good for Everton moving forward. Uh, not sure what that means for Stockenberg. I think he's gone. Yeah, I'd... I can't see him playing second fiddle to an eighteen-year-old. I don't. I can't see many goalkeepers doing that. To be honest. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, if you're paying thirty mil, you're not going to pay a thirty mil start, goalkeeper yep. to play on the bench, especially for a team like Everton. Yep. Yeah, um, okay, so who else, as well as the $100 million that they've got, they're also apparently willing to splash about $40 million for Sigerson. And this is a big one. I, I'll do it. I don't know about you. I've, look, I'm, I'm a Spurs fan going, I wish... The, Why do you keep him? That is the, 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 the age-old question. You know? <laughs> well, this is a, well, it's interesting because I don't think... If he didn't 
leave Tottenham, he wouldn't be the player that he is today, kind of thing. Like you know, he wouldn't, have got, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have, got have got a chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wouldn't have had the opportunity. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I, you know, I think Sigerson should go to a bigger club. Definitely. I think Swansea are a dying club. I think they, you know, if they lose Sigerson, I think they'll get relegated. I really do. I've, yeah, yeah. I, 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 do you remember? I think Swansea's biggest downfall last year was hiring the American. Uh the American. Yes. He, he was used to, you know, they. I'm not sure if they were trying to get their popularity over in America more. You know, you know how they use that kind of as a yeah, yeah. As, a, as a building block to get a supporter base over there. I think that's probably. I can't see any other reason why they would have hired him. It failed. It failed miserably, and it nearly got him relegated. I think it's yeah, and it was yeah. They were a bit of a laughing stock to the Premier League. Like any anyone who had like you know English managers or any European managers saw this guy talking like a yank and going like fuck me like this is yeah. like, is this guy serious? Like how's this club so supposed to go anywhere? I'm going to go straight on because I, I need to get this off my chest. My second Done. favorite club in the Premier League, by a country mile, my boys in Bournemouth, they're making some waves. They are making some waves. And um, Jermaine Defoe on a free, you know. Also why Defoe is amazing. Like All the stuff that he did for that you know, that young yeah. kid, that's pretty incredible. Has uh, that kid passed away? I know it's a I'm hard question. Not sure yet. I actually, have to, oh, I'd have to look that up. Like, yeah, have, that wasn't in. Uh, I don't think he has. That was in any way disrespectful. I was one hundred percent sure. I know he's fighting a losing battle. I think. Yeah. Which we all give our well I wishes like to him. I, I feel, feel like yeah. Yeah. I feel, we all give us obviously we all give our well wishes. Um, yeah, it's amazing. You know, I don't know how people can say sport isn't a great thing. It's a beautiful game, and J- Jermaine Defoe really just. Um, you know, out of the corners of his own heart, he's gone above and beyond for this kid. Didn't have to do it. No, hundred percent not. And that's why the gra- the game's so great because, you know, you get these kind gestures and guys like Jermaine who are willing to take the time out of their lives to it. And you know what? It would be a hard thing to be friending someone like Bradley because yeah. you know the situation and it's only going to lift him heartbroken. And you can tell that he's visibly upset. Well, you know, they've, there's been so many cases like that, and you know. We're kind of getting a bit off topic, but I'll just say quickly, like, there's been so many times that I've, you know, there's been cases of kids that are very, very sick and don't have long, and having something like, you know, what Defoe, Defoe has done for this guy, and it hasn't been just taking time out one day, it hasn't been yeah. just like a favour, yeah, it's exactly. not just doing it for the cl- to make himself look good, which is like, you know, I've seen a couple of comments online about that, I think that's incredibly wrong, I think this is one of the rare, rare cases, this guy was just doing it to do it, help yeah. this guy out and really help this little guy out. Yeah. And, you know, there's been times that kids have been diagnosed and they've only been given a certain amount of time to live, whatever it's like a few months, and they've, you know, met their sporting stars or something like that, and it's it's kept it's them given, going yeah, and given them more time. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I've, you know, I think he's still, you know, he's still with us at the moment, and, you know, I've, you know good luck to him. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's going to be interesting now. It would have been tough for him to leave. Yeah, well, it's actually, he's exactly right, actually. Um, it would have definitely crossed his mind. Uh, I'm sure he would have told it. You know, Bradley would have understood. I'm sure he would have been shattered. He left Sunderland, but at the same time, you know, like I think they're close enough that he would have, you know, sat, sat him down, and had a little chat, and told him what was yeah. going on. Wouldn't be surprised to see if he was a cherry fan after that. I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a cherry shirt. Yeah, which is a good, great shirt actually. I don't mind that kit at all. Yeah, I, I don't, don't mind it either. They've got more players. Begovic coming on as a full time. I think that's a really great get. Yeah, I think it's a good signing as well. He was good at Stoke. Um, he actually played a fair few games at Chelsea at the start of the year. Yeah, and he's one of those great players you get on FIFA, an ultimate he team. Is. One he of is. He's a solid, solid player. My off-topic as well, Lacazette, Salah, all these guys, ultimate team is going to look pretty handy in the Premier League this yeah, year. Yeah, Lacazette's going to be bought by everybody. I think so. And you know what? The, with the players like that that come in, it makes the other ones cheaper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the storages will be cheap. You'll be able to get him earlier. It makes, makes the game better for it, it makes the game. Like, <laughs> I finally got that right winger with a left foot. 
Chris quit. That's what you've been looking for for so I've long. I've been waiting so long. <laughs> like Salah literally uh, changed my life. Uh, who else are they? Who else are they? Uh, Aki from uh, from Chelsea. From Chelsea, got him on a full time basis, which is a uh, solid player. Um, it's it's probably going to be good for him. I thought it was weird that Chelsea bring him back last year. Yeah, give, I, I just give him the year. Yeah, you know? I, I did too. I thought it was very very strange. <laughs> Yeah, I, but you know, big raps on Bournemouth. I think they're making some waves. I think they've got some really good players. One of the big things they need to work out is if they can hang on to Josh King. Yeah, I think Josh King is you know six, putting sixteen goals. And I was having this debate with someone online. Yeah, you know, he was saying that you know uh, sixteen goals in a in a season isn't that good. And I said, well, it isn't that good if you're if you're one of the top strikers. It might not be that good if you're playing if you're like a breakout star for a, t- a mid table team, which Bournemouth are, which they were last year. They'll consider a low team, but I consider them a mid table team. Yeah. They're almost established now, aren't they? I hope this is going to be the big year for them, and I, I think they're making some really nice transfers. Like you know, on the lower end of the of the money scale, of course, because they have to. Yep. But they're being smart with their choices. They're doing. They're getting the players that they need, and not necessarily you know they don't just want this player. Like oh, you know, this guy would be good for the club. It's like no, yep. we yep. need this position. Let's get somebody for it. They're going to get. They're building a really nice spine. I'd love to see Defoe and King as a tag team up up front. I don't know if they'd play yep. with two at the front, but. It'd be pretty impressive to see that. I think mean, yeah. that's really exciting football for anyone, really. I think uh, it's just a it just shows that any club can do it, really. Like you know, you look at the stadium, eleven thousand people. I think that will probably be looked into over the next couple of years. I think I don't know about you, Nick. Yeah, but, well, they you know they get you get a lot of money for getting promoted. You really and like, do. You know, yep. So they they'd be looking. Yeah, you know, they they've invested that in a few transfers and that, but they'd be looking to the facilities and hopefully the stadium they can upgrade it, whether it's building a new one or up, up building a new yep. stand. Which is both fantastic, and it yeah. only strengthens the club, and only strengthens the fans. Hundred um, percent. It's just a good fairy tale story that a club can come from League Two, and not just get there. You know, you see clubs that you know they make it to the Premier League. It's it's a great for that year, and then they go back down again. Yeah. Uh, but this is Bournemouth's third season, and they really don't look like relegation candidates this year, do they? No. Well, to me, they don't. Yeah, who knows? I don't think they do either. Well, my second favorite team, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're, 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 I've definitely got a soft spot for them in Newcastle. Yeah, and well, Newcastle. Speaking of, we'll just quickly go on Newcastle. Haven't really done too much. I think Newcastle, one of those teams that needed about you know five, six players to kind of keep yeah. them up. They're not looking as strong as what I thought they would. Yeah, the, the, team. it's a little bit worrying. Um, I don't think Rafa's the kind of man that rests on his laurels, but and I think you have a few tricks up his sleeve. Don't forget, we we're very early in this transfer period. Yeah, um, plenty of time. But I, th- I think they've got to start moving soon because literally I haven't heard anything from them. Yeah, they've been, they've been real been, quiet. Well, they've been just about as quiet as Spurs, which we'll get yep. to a bit later. Um, you know, moving on to like some of the lower tees, Brighton signed our favorite favorite goalkeeper. Yep, Matty Ryan, Ryan, the Aussie. Oh, um, he's not my favorite. He no, he is. Who's your favorite? No, no he's, he's not. not. He's, no, who's your favorite goalkeeper? Here you go. Oh, Hugo. <laughs> no, Come on, Australian, man. You know that. He's Australian. been my favourite for, like, ever. <laughs> no, the Aussies are our favourite. Brighton's going to win the Premier League. And no, look, it's a good signing. I'm happy, happy to see it. I think it was a record. It might have been a record signing of some sort. It's good to see uh, another Aussie in the Premier League. You know, Definitely. we've got a few in the Championship. It's it's good for the country. You know, it's good for our, a lot of, to have a bit more experience in the top league. You know, you see the most of the countries that we reverse in any competition, really, um, feature most players are from the Premier League. So, um, just for us to have a bit more represent, you know. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of, you know, Australian represents Huddersfield Town. Well, they broke their transfer record about four, not to- once, four times, not wasn't twice, it? <laughs> not three times, but four. And one of them being 
keeping Aaron Moy on as a permanent yeah, player. This is, I reckon it's a great move for all involved. Yep. You know, Manchester City are just laughing at the moment, aren't they? What they do? They bought it. They bought him for two. I don't even think they bought it for two. They bought him for under a mil, I heard. Oh, was it? It was something stupid, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what did they sell him for? Oh, well, eight. They, eight. I think. Profit. That's I don't... Actually... Yeah, I think it was eight. To be fair, like you say, that's profit. Like that's good for uh, most teams, but for Man City, they feel like that's pocket change. Yeah, I don't know. Like, no worries. But like, yo, know, Moy is an interesting one because I feel like, regardless of what happens in Huddersfield, the jury's still out at the moment. Let's put it that way. I think there's a there's a sports bet market still saying like, yo, know, Huddersfield are probably going to have the lowest Premier League total points ever. There's yeah. actually a market saying really that. more than that Derby County saw. That was yeah. shocking. Yeah, there, there's there's a market. I'm not saying it's paying not too bad. <laughs> But like I feel like Did whatever you get on happens, it? I haven't yet. I'm thinking. Are you gonna go on it? Oh, oh don't be an asshole. No, I, I do. I do. So Come on, you're supposed to go. You're boy, supposed to back up, boy, boy. Our boy, boy. <laughs> and then you go bet on him to get at least points in the Premier League history. Money's money, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, boy. <laughs> no, but um, I feel like whatever happens to Huddersfield, even if they do go down straight away, I feel like there's a future for Moy. I don't feel like he would go. Well, down it's going to be it's going to be the test of this year. We see how he goes. If he performs well, and the chan- the thing is, the good thing for Moy is he will get the chance to perform. You know, there's no um, he's, a, he's, a he's star. no sit on the bench. No, yeah. he's one of the he's one of the star players. He's got a team of the season card, championship yeah. team of the season card. Exactly. So, pretty, pretty um, you know, the ball's in his court. Yeah, very much so. Well, looking at us, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't be too happy with this one, uh, PSG. Yeah, well, I've heard a little rumour this week that uh, PSG could go for Coutinho after um, calling interest on Aubameyang, who is, funnily enough, I don't think going to PSG anymore, which is... Is he staying put? Well, you haven't heard too much from him after the, after the PSG rumours. Obviously, his father loves wants him to play for Real Madrid. He, he told him that at one stage. I don't think Real Madrid's on the cards at the moment for him. Um, he's going to decide soon because he's, he's a... 20, 28, he just turned 28. Yeah. But Coutinho, sorry. Uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but off, off of Bama Yang, yep. Coutinho, he looks like next in line for PSG. Well, it's a different position as well, but isn't it? Like, you, know, you need you need some uh, like marquee signings and that. Yeah, I think that's what they're, they're going for, the, the big name. Is Coutinho, like, you know, I, you're a Liverpool supporter, I know yep. this, and this might be a very, like, you might, you might answer biasly, but... Is Coutinho a marquee signing? Uh, what do you think Coutinho's value is at the moment, if you were to sell him? 100%. 100%. 100% is marquee signing. But what's his value? Price? Probably 60. 60, yeah. 60, and that's probably 60 to 70. That being said, like, if PSG were the ones to offer, they're the ones with unlimited money, kind of. So you'd probably I, be able to get a bit more out of him. Yeah, well, I don't see Liverpool letting him go for under 70. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I think if I was Liverpool, I'd be doing anything in my power to keep him. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, is that's the thing for Liverpool this year. Like, the last thing I want to see is Coutinho go. Um, we're finally just starting to build a, squ- a squad. You know, we don't have a team now. We're getting a squad that is able to able to challenge. Um, if you let Coutinho go, you might as well start not start again. But you know, you just whacked whacked down one of our best players, if not our best player. And it feels like yeah, if it's a big step backwards. Yeah, it is. And- Liverpool have a really, really exciting squad. Like they're yep. one of the, there's one of those teams that are really great to watch. Yeah. Because and as, as seen, like you know, bit of flair, up bit, of talent, about, bit of speed. Up to about Christmas, they were putting like what, averaging like three or four goals a game against, yep. especially against the lower teams. They were just battering them. I think they won six one against Watford at one stage. And you know, to get rid of a player like Coutinho, it, it also kind of hurts. You know, shirt sales and everything like that. He's yep. probably the most popular player there. Hundred percent for me at the moment is the most popular there. Him and and uh. And he also, like, you know, 
you see him like celebrating with Coutinho and Mane, and that it's like them as a three is just exciting yeah, to watch as well. That, that's what I mean. Wait till Sale comes as well. I was well. going to say, I was about to go on to that. Were yeah. you, are we, how excited are we for this? And do you think, because he has, uh, I've heard that he, where was he beforehand? Sorry, he was Roma and before that Chelsea. He was at Chelsea, yeah. So that the Premier League club, he was at yeah. Chelsea. I've heard, you know, a lot of people say that he failed at the Premier League last time. He didn't really got a chance, I don't think. Is that, that what you're I, that I, I strongly believe. Well, I'm pretty sure to memory, he got signed in. Uh, he either got signed in the summer or in the January transfer window, and it was it was on loan by the end of the year. Really? Like it, it was it was like there for half a year, and he I think he played like three or four times. Well, the, don't hold me on that. That's just on my memory, which is not always the greatest. <laughs> but I, I think that was the case. Well, um, who else yeah. are you looking at in terms of Liverpool? Well, looking at uh, Keita from uh, Lisburg, I think it is. Like Le- Le- Leipzig. Yeah, Leipzig. Or whatever. Leipzig. I can't. I can't. I don't speak German. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, seven million euros. I've heard the price. Seventy mil. Yeah, I don't know if you. I heard seventy million euros. So I don't know if that's different. In pounds. It's a bit yeah, less. it's a bit less. Yeah, it's I mean, a bit it'd less. Be like fifties. Yeah. So um, they're looking at him. That'd be, uh, that'd be a record signing, wouldn't it? It'd be close. Yeah, it definitely would be. Um, they don't want to sell him, but uh, they're they're looking to build that club of. Rumour has it, and I don't think money's the issue, so it's going to be a real, real hard task to get him off. Money would team. be the issue with Liverpool. I don't think they'd be able to afford him. Well, that's the other you've got that feeling with Liverpool, don't you? Like, you know, I feel like they've got the money, it's almost like they just don't want to spend it. Yeah, like they're, they're not look well to me at least, they're not looked at as that powerhouse kind of financially, just buy it. Financial yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, players would just go out and, like, you know, they'd be. Liverpool were a perfect kind of club that would do a lot of panic buyers towards the end, and they'd spend a lot of money on yep. like you know last minute buyers. Well, tell me about Andy Carroll. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, we bought Luis Suarez as well, well. At the same time, exactly. Yeah, like you, and you we bought him for twenty five, sold him for seventy. You paid Andy Carroll in twenty mil, so oh, up years. <laughs> seventy mil back then would be worth like one hundred and fifty mil now, yeah, <laughs> like, imagine, yeah. considering how much every, the price ranges are. That is true. Well, yeah. So, are we getting a new goalkeeper? Speaking of Liverpool, well, we, on we've pool. we've heard nothing of it. Um, Surely, Mignolet can't stay. Well, his his end of year wasn't too bad last year. It was a pass, or I would say in my books. But don't you want if you're a team reserved pass? If you're a team yeah. who wants to challenge for a title, which Liverpool, if you're a Liverpool fan, every year you should be wanting to challenge for a title. Yes, one hundred percent. I like I, maybe last year you you might have been happy with a certain spot, but like Liverpool now, I think are a big club. Like a Again, an established big club, and they shouldn't be, you know, se- you know, settling for fifth spot, fourth spot. You know, if you're yeah. and if you don't have anyone good at the back, yeah. Well, know, I, I Bravo, I th- Bravo is a perfect example. Of what he showed last year, he, you know, in a lot of ways, he cost Man City many points. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. Um, you know, I think Liverpool fans have been patient. We, we've understood that it's been a re- rebuilding process a little bit, but we have rebuilded now. And now it's we've set we set the foundations and it's time to move forward. Um, I'd like a centre back first, probably more than the goalkeeper. Yep. Um, and a left back. It's kind of like, yes, it needs to be fixed, but there's bigger leaks down the line, you know. Yeah, there are. Yeah, and you know, Liverpool still needs a bit more depth about him. Sturridge is still unknown. I feel uh, like our attacking's fine. We can probably yeah, we can probably well, leave it with that. That's well, the, yeah, again, like, you know, Sturridge is one of those weird players that. If you could, if you could somehow keep Sturridge, even if he like doesn't play full like start every game, it's one of the best bench players you could have. Hundred percent, and that's if he stays healthy, of course. Yeah. And as if well. he wants to play bench, I doubt it. No well, shock was, but there. he has been. No, like, he's bench. been doing. He's been doing it for years now. Like, it's just 
Well, Semi Semi's been injured most of the time. That's a that's the thing. Yeah. I think uh under Klopp it's it's probably been a, a more of a role that he, he probably hasn't enjoyed as much. Because um, uh Firmino has been the you know, the priority choice. Yeah, yeah. Um but you know what I mean? Let's see how we go. If we can keep him, you know, fit, and uh, he'll be a great asset coming into the Champions League. Uh, we will go on to your team, but now, Nick. Yes. Um, oh, no. And it, it is coming up to. We've actually have t- chosen Tottenham as team of the week. Um, we'll get Nick's thoughts on you know where they are, where they're at, what, who they should get. Oh, uh, obviously, they're no good according to me. <laughs> <laughs> so we won't bother asking me the questions, but I will ask you, Nick. Lack of transfer action is that a little bit worrying at the moment? Uh yes. No, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I wish I was an Everton fan right now. In terms, of I wish we got the shit done straight away. Yeah. Whatever we're after. What I will say about that is, but last season, I look at the plays we got and I look at the, the ticks that we got. Wanyama, yep. that's our tick beast. Like fantastic player. I think one of the best players last season, especially in that position. I think him and Kante were probably the best CDMs in the comp. Yep. But then you have Vincent Janssen. That's not a. That's a fail. We have Sissoko, who we paid thirty million as a last minute buy, and we we got them from Everton. And Everton would be laughing, like you know, Everton were the, the other ones he was looking to go to. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, LA. he, he was, Liverpool was even a chance at one stage. Thank yeah, exactly. God. But he was like he was sure thing going to Everton until we kind of swept under the rug and got them. Yep. Um, yeah. Who are, who else we got? We got Lopez, who's a backup goalie, who we might sign, who's not too bad. We got Inkudu. I wouldn't call him a pass. Wouldn't call him a fail. But you know, he's just he's a bit young, so we'll, get, we'll give him a bit more time. But yeah, we spent we spent you know close to fifty mil on two players who I consider to be not up to standard. And you got to look at when you're looking to try and replace and where you're supposed to replace the players on the field. I look at our centre backs and we go, we've got I think the best like me being a very biased Tottenham sport, I think we've got the best centre back combo in the, in the comp. Yeah, the Tonkin we've and all got, yeah, that's the thing too. Like I look at Liverpool's team and I like I, I can name a couple of centre backs that I've watched straight away, but you know you've. Yeah, that's an area that you don't even have to look twice at. It's, no. it's so solid. Yes, and we we got you know you look at Hugo. Hugo's a fantastic goalie. Yep. We got Michael. We got Vaughn, Michelle Vaughn. Sorry, just your whole back line. I think so solid. Yeah, well, the big one is Walker at the moment. Walker's still they're still looking at our uh, Man City are still seeing him. But you know, that, they're they're the, really struggling to get rid of him. But they're like you know, yeah. I don't. I feel like Posh doesn't want Walker anymore, which is worrying. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't want. You know, but the, you got the backup. That's the thing. It's like trivia, if you could lose anyone in the field, like in that team, you would. You'd lose Walker. Yeah, I, I'm huge on Trippier. And I, I think the Trippier would be the first starting right back in not every team, but I feel like more than half the teams. He would be. Yeah. I think he's too good to be a backup. Uh, we got Rose on the left. We've got Davies as his backup. In the center, we got uh, Wimmer, who is a bit iffy, so we might need to strengthen that up. But we got Eric Dyer, who's a multi-positional player, as yep. our backup, which is really handy. Where does he go from there this year, do you reckon? Uh, well, Dyer's been looked at by a few clubs. Man yep. United are very, very hungry for him. I've always been kind of a bit iffy on Dyer. He had a really good season last, you know, two seasons ago. Uh, yep. But that being said, he's, you know, Wanyam pushed him out of the team. And I don't know if he's as good as what everybody thinks he is. It's weird that he always gets starts straight away for England. He's not even like, he's a no-brainer. He's a starter. Like, everyone just goes, okay, yeah. yep, you're playing there. You look up the pitch and we're pretty strong. Like, you know, Dembele's an incredible centre mid. I think I think he's one of the best in the comp. But he's like, that's because I watch him every week. You just see how strong he is on the ball. Yeah. No, nobody I think he does. He plays the bridesmaids to a, a lot of those players like Ali and Kane. And, and I think as a, as you as a supporter, you notice a lot more what he does on the pitch. Um, Tottenham fans definitely appreciate him. It's just, yeah, we, the rest of the public. We definitely do. I think Dembele and Eriksen were the unsung heroes last season. Eriksen, I think, in all competitions, had 12 goals and 23 assists. 
and he was our barometer. Like when Ericsson didn't play, we were really struggling. Okay. We got like Suns out with an injury, and the problem, the main problem with Tottenham is that we lack a bit of depth. If why if we lose Harry Kane, Sun goes to striker who's you know not too bad, and I'm a, Sun's a very good player, had a fantastic season, but he's no Harry Kane. Like we don't we don't other than that we have Jansen. Jansen is not a strike like not a good enough striker to play in the Premier League. Do you give him another chance? Look, I you know I want to say yes because I want to get you know I like you know I want to be friendly and say yeah, yeah like you know, give it another crack. Yeah. But if we want to, but be, do you want to win? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If we want to win the Premier League, we need a we need an upgrade. We don't like, and the problem with Spurs is that we are we have a lot of players in positions that will not move to the bench. So like if we're looking to we're looking for another striker, say we're looking for a backup. People are saying, oh, we should get Lacazette. People are saying that. Now sounds great in like you know even if we have the uh, the money to do it, but if we if we get him, what's he going to do? Play on the bench all season? Yeah. Harry or Kane, Harry Kane's going to play on the bench. Yeah, yeah like, right. Like Harry Kane will You're be... You're not going to play two strikers. Not. Exactly. Like if, we, if we're going to find another striker, we need to find somebody who's willing to play on the bench, knowing that Harry Kane is arguably, you can argue it anyway, one of the best strikers in the league, if not the best. How, how about this? I'll give you a um, scenario for you. you keep... Scenario? Yeah, scenario. <laughs> <laughs> scenario. Oh, fuck. Scenario? <laughs> scenario. That's yes. it. Um, you keep Jansen. Yes. Cup games. You start him off in the English League Cup. If you can't score there, you can't score anywhere. Um, well, he hasn't. He, he played a lot of cup games and like stuff like that. And you know, all he could do was score penalties. Well, you know, give it a, like Lamella wasn't great in his first season. True, but he was, you know, coming from the other side of the world, being a, as you would, as you were saying before, a late buy is a lot harder. And you know, he's been. I thought, I thought Jansen was from Holland. Yeah, but it's not the other side of the world. Yeah, true. <laughs> like, you know, he's coming Wait, from Argentina. I'm... No, Lamella was only from. Oh, Rome. sorry, yeah, but like being Argentinian and yeah. just kind of being across, I kind of fucked that up a little bit. I think right. I think you're going to shoulder find a striker that's willing to play backup. I reckon Jermaine Defoe was probably a good option. I would love Jermaine Defoe. Um, I think now that he's gone to Bournemouth, I would love to see Josh King. I was having this debate with someone. Yeah, as I was saying before, Willie Gobert, because he wanted to play every week. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like. It depends what players want. Some players want to play all the time. Some players want to be a part of a title and. It's an exciting time to be a Spurs fan because there's a lot of good stuff going on. The problem is, you know, as we were saying before, Barkley wouldn't make it in the, in the first side. Is he willing to play on the bench? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think he's there. I don't think Tottenham's at the stage right now that we can get absolute quality to come to the, into the squad and play on the bench. We're not like a Chelsea who can have Fabregas playing on the bench for all seasons. And be happy with Or William. Like, we'll, we'll, yeah. Like, play the year the year before. Exactly. And like playing on the bench for most of the season. We can't do that. We can't have Sturridge. And I, I still don't know how the hell Sturridge still like, plays on the bench happily for Liverpool, but like we can't. I don't think he's happily, but he plays. Yeah, but like, you know, I, mean, like, I can't believe he stays around. Like, because as soon as that happens for Spurs, as soon as we bring in a Murata or someone like that, so like hypothetically, and he he starts playing on the bench, it's like, well, he's just gonna be like, fuck this, I'm gonna go. And we, you know, with everything being said, like we've got a very strong team, but we don't have that. I guess that winning culture that the other big teams do have. Like we came off yeah. a season where. We had a, you know, came second, uh, you know, we put the pressure on, as they all say, uh, by, you know, in the end, like, winning the last nine of our ten games, and, like, yeah, apparently that's choking, well, it depends who you ask, but we didn't win a trophy, and it's like, you know, Arsenal, you know, you'd ask any Arsenal fan that they had a pretty terrible season, they won the FA Cup, so yeah. who had a better season? Yeah, exactly. And, like, you know, you could argue that, you know, one's in Champions League, one's not, but I'd still think that Arsenal probably... Yeah, and in the history, well, they won a trophy. Yeah, and in the history books, they will go down as having another better season than Spurs. The only thing that's different is that we finished above Arsenal, which you could ask a few Spurs fans, that's probably as good as winning a trophy. But this season, if we don't win one, 
it's better it's, way. It's, that, well, that's it. That's the next question I was going to ask you. You know, uh, where does Tottenham supporters sit in expectations? Because top four, I don't think is. Uh, yeah, well, well, that's exactly right. Top four isn't an, um, an exception anymore. You know what I mean? You've got to win something. You've got. You've still got no trophies in your cabinet yep. over the last five years, yeah, and you've been dominant in some areas. Yeah, like I, it's great that like everybody goes, oh, you know, Tottenham have this this fantastic squad, and you know we've got the best striker in the league, and we got the best, you know, as I said before, we got the best uh, centre backs in the league, and we got, you know, the best young player, Dali Ali, is this incredible player who, you know, you could argue a few ways on that, but. Yeah, if we don't win anything, then what the fuck's it all for? Like, we, everyone goes, oh, you have Tottenham. They've conceded the least goals. They've scored the most. It's like, well, how the fuck aren't we winning? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what's stopping us from winning? Like, how are we throwing away and, like, you know, getting draws? We, we had a draw against Sunderland last season. It's just, like, that's unacceptable. You can't do that. As much as, much as you know, like, you're allowed to have a bad game, the good teams still win while having a bad game. Yeah. And you they'll find a and way. Chelsea's downfall as well. Chelsea uh, had a good... Yeah, exactly. If Liverpool did have, like, had a similar thing. Chelsea would have had a patch probably about for a month or so where they weren't playing well, but they were winning. They would win 1-0 against, like, West Brom at home. Yeah. And, yep. like, it'd just be that one act. And that's what won the title. And that, exactly. And, like, without that, you know, if they if they get a draw out of a few of those games, who knows what happens later on. But Costa comes in, pops up. Scores that critical goal in the 70th minute, and then they they win one 0 They yeah. win ugly, and good teams can win ugly. We can't. We usually we're one of those teams that have to play well. If we play bad, usually we're dropping points. Well, I promise you, you'll never win until you learn how to do that. Well, and that's the same with us. But I'll go into another issue. Um, Tottenham are getting a new stadium this year. They have moved from Wider Hart Lane. How much is Wembley going to affect you guys in in terms of points and? Uh, and playing since you've got such a bad record at Wembley as well, you played Champions League there and you were terrible. Yep. Um, you've got nearly a whole. Well, you've got a whole season of this now. So how are you going to deal with it? Well, we're going to have to find a way, aren't we? Um, yeah. Why not, Lane? We went a whole season without getting beaten. Yeah. And we did win the title. <laughs> like I feel like I'm like, I'm even going a bit of a rant here, but like how we can go through a whole season without losing a game at home? I think we only drew about. What, I think it was like three or four games for the whole season. Well, it reminds me back to the, the season that Liverpool come second and they uh, lost two games for the whole year. <laughs> it's just, it's madness, isn't it? And you think the same thing. It's just like, how yep. can we do this? Yeah. Uh, the Wembley thing's interesting. Like, we're just going to have to find out, aren't we? Like, it's one of those things that we're going to be playing there so much that at least by the time Champions League comes around, we don't have that excuse of being like, oh, well, we never play at Wembley. We're going to be playing there every week. Exactly. The yep. new stadium also hurts our transfer spending because... That we you know, this this is costing like I think it's like six hundred million dollars. A lot of money. It is a lot of money. That's worth about three players if you're, if you're signing for Man <laughs> <laughs> And like if you like to do that, you know, that means we have to use our transfer money sparingly. Yeah. Simple. And like so when we do go for that player, it's kinda like, you know, we need to try and find those bargains and it's very hard because, you know, people look at Spurs and a lot of people look at them not as a you know, considered a big club. Like starting to be considered that way, so yeah. they're not going to be like, oh well, we'll give you this, we'll give you Ross Barkley for, you know, thirty mil. You know, they're not going to be like that. Going to be like, no, well, you know, you want this guy, he's one of our best players. Give us forty mil, give us forty five mil for him. Yeah, and that's what we might have to be um, paying for a guy who could be sitting on the bench. And you know, still, again, Ross Barkley could, if he came in, could be a really valuable player because we're one of those teams that one injury can really hurt us. As I was saying before, you know, Ali goes down, Sun goes down, especially our centre backs. Like you know, when Alderweireld and and uh, Vertonghen went down. Wimmer wasn't up to it, and Dyer wasn't really up to it either. Rose and Walker were kind of getting pretty injured yeah. towards the end of it. And Dembele was going down a bit. And, yeah, we've got some depth there. We've got Harry Winks, got players like that. We've got players who 
people will say, you know, they spent money on it. We've got players like Sissoko. We've got Lamella, who's out until October, which is unfortunate, but he didn't play basically all of last season. Yeah. So we know we can play well without him. That could be a good, you know, I don't, I'm surprised Lamella's still at Spurs. I thought he would. Yeah, have I thought he was going to go too. Um, he, de- he definitely cooled on the, um, in the fan base area. Yeah, I just wasn't, it wasn't quite, quite wasn't the player that he was. He doesn't really fit Posh's system, to me at least. And, yo, know, as he's being, yeah, he'd be Argentinian, you'd think he would. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah like you'd, you'd think, think so too, you'd yeah. You'd think they'd love each other. And, like, you know, Son, you know, obviously he's broken his arm, he's out for, you know, hopefully only the first couple of weeks. You know, so we're already going to go into the first round against um, Newcastle. Would you be prepared to go into the season next year with the same score? Like, let's just say that you couldn't sign anyone. So, like, you've got, don't forget, you've got these expenses of a new stadium. Um, yeah, you haven't really looked at anyone yet. I, I still think, I know this is, it sounds crazy, right? Because we live in a world where we're always looking for the next, you know, the next buyer, the next player to come in. Yes. I think, looking at Tottenham's squad, if there's a squad that I thought would be able to handle a transfer without necessarily buying anyone, really, it'd be Tottenham. The players are young. The yes. players, they've... After the bail sale, you really saw them show, but they've come over the other side of the hill now. Like yeah. those players that you've bought, you know, Ericsson, you know, I think Loris was part of that same transfer window. He Maybe might, he might have been separate. Separate? Yeah, I think he was separate. Okay, I thought he was just the same. I'm pretty confident, separate actually. Anyway, you got them like those, like when Lamella comes back and all that. I feel like he's gone through the hard part where you, you got used to those new players and you're still figuring out how to play together. But I think you've got a real core group now. That could go two or three years without making any more ma- like without making any major sales and do okay still. Yeah, but and that's very true. Like if we look put it this way, if this side, if this squad stayed together that we have now for the next five years, we should win at least two titles. I we, think, like realistically, we should at least one. Yeah, uh, like exactly, we should at least win one title. That being said, it's not going to happen. You know, we've got we've got players like Daliello who I think. Is a season or two away from getting a big offer from Madrid. From you know, yeah. uh, their local. I feel like it's Madrid. Yeah, they'll go to their local shopping market and pick up Dali Ali in the box and um, for you know, pay hundred mil for him. Go to the Dali, pick up Ali. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um, two dollars ninety three kilo. <laughs> but like with Walker, my, like with Walker possibly going as well. Like as much as I do like Trippier, like I don't like that. Still takes away a bit of our depth. We yeah. lack a bit of experience yeah. in a lot of areas. Like we, you know, as you said before, we have the young squad. I think we have the youngest squad in the league, like by far, last season. I think our average age was like twenty four, twenty five ish, which is like pretty staggering how well we were going. But I feel like we use that as an excuse, and we go, "Oh, well, you know, they're, just, they're young. You know, they're gonna win it soon." Like, but they're young. I don't want that. I don't want to be like, "Oh, we're gonna do it." I just want to. Yeah, do you it. don't want to miss the boat. Yeah, you, you've, this is this is this could be Tottenham's. You know, realistically, honestly, it could be Tottenham's prime ten years. And then they could be back to mediocre. If you look at a like team, any team, but that could be any team. Yeah, Don't get course. me wrong on that. But you look at a team like Monaco, and Monaco came out this season. They were hot. The iron was hot. What they do? They won. They won the season. And guess what happens as soon as they won the league? All their players they, are gone, and their players were going to go whether they won the league this year or not because yeah. they were playing so well. They just happened to get the job done, and exactly. now they now those players have a title to their name. Exactly. And so does that club. And that club does exactly. So they can sell all these players and. Probably feel happy about it being like, you know what, we you did contributed it. and yeah. you are one of the reasons why we've won a title. If we, we are one season, you know, like next transfer season, say, say we don't sign anyone, next tra- summer's transfer season comes around and we go, okay, who do we need? And then like, you know, Man City come along and they're like, oh, we're going to give, we want this much money for Ericsson. Yeah, you know, Barcelona have been linked with Ericsson a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. So say Barcelona offer him 60 mil. Okay, we get rid of him. And then we go, right, Real Madrid comes around, offers 100 mil for Ali. We get rid of him. It's like, we have a great amount of money now, but... 
But who, who would we got? you want? Like, yeah, we want. We'd rather keep. You've those literally players. just built built your team around guys like them, and then you've just sold them off. Um, it's it's a very scary thing for you guys. Like, you say you finish top four this year, yeah, that's great. But if you don't win anything this year, where does that put Poch? Does that put him under pressure? Because no, Posh is the greatest of all time. <laughs> no, in Posh we trust. Uh, no, I yes, it does. Because that's what I mean. Does. Like, you know, like you asked a Tottenham fan five years ago if you if you'd be looking at the manager and putting pressure on him if you guys finish top four, they'd laugh in your face. But isn't isn't Posh the reason why we're going so well? Well, that's the thing too. And so top like, four is still a good result. And you could say Klopp is like you know could be under pressure if he doesn't win anything this season. Yeah, exactly right. And. That's uh, that's what makes this league so good as well. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many yeah. things. And anything can happen. The worst part league. is, like, there's so many games every season that I go, fuck me, we're going to we're gonna drop yeah. points here. Yeah. And, like, against anyone on the table, like, yeah, until last season, I always hated playing West Brom because West Brom always seemed to take points from us. And they took, you know, they, they drew with us the first time. We beat them the second time. But, like, I hate playing them. There's just some teams, Sunderland, we always seem to just struggle against. Liverpool, we never beat Liverpool. Like, yeah, it's the, it's the same with Liverpool as well. Burnley, we lost it. I think we should have been the double over. You guys, you guys can't beat anyone, like, lower than 12. Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally can't. Just, uh, oh, I don't even want to start, you know. Yeah. I've, had, I've, I've let go of last season. <laughs> well, you should. Like, last season was a really successful season for Liverpool. And, and you know, as we're saying, Spurs... The thing is, like, this is a huge year for Spurs, and like, I, you know, as much as like we could go through the summer without signing anyone, I would be going hard after you know, I don't know, it's Javier Hernandez getting some experience in at least, someone who's yeah. proven, someone who can well, do it. Well, he's someone that could po- possibly play that role behind Kane. Yeah, and he's not somebody who would be. We're not going to be spending a shitload of money for him. I've heard that. And he, a proven striker, we, we could be paying only fifteen mil for him. That's pretty good for like you know, and people are like, oh, he's twenty nine. It's like, well, we only need if he's twenty nine, right? We get it, and we win a league title in two years, and who cares? Like he's thirty-one, he's still still playing. Good, oh, mate, fifteen million today's today's thing is not we, much at all. We have this mentality that, like, when we sign somebody, they have to be under a certain age so we can have them for ten years, or like raise their value and then sell them yep. off. We're at a stage now that we need to buy. You some, need to win. We yeah. need to buy some experience to help us push us over that line. And he's one with me, you know. Don't forget exactly, and like he know, and he knows how to put the ball in the back of the net. It's like, yeah, I'm. As much as I like, you know, I like Jansen. He's done some nice things. He had some games where, you know, he didn't score, but he really, you know, he put some nice assists in or held some players off, and he's good at certain things. But he's not a stri- out and out striker. He's a hold up. He's a hold up player. He holds the ball up and puts it to somebody else, and he struggles. He has a really poor first touch. Speak, we'll talk, we'll talk about which is very touch. hard for a man who plays that position. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when you're talking about a striker, like you need to have a good first touch. The Mark Viduka role, Colin. I'm gonna. I'm gonna any, any last questions before I fucking blow a gasket? I think we're going to leave it at that because I can see the steam coming out of your ears. Fuck me, Um I think it's time for a break, Nick, and then after that we'll talk about some of our fight, uh, new segment, Facebook's Finest. What else are we going to Am I on Nick? Facebook's Finest this week or no? Uh, are you on it? Yes. I don't think you are. <laughs> You've either. made the cut. I'm not doing enough activity on Facebook. Right, we'll come back to you soon. All right, thanks. And welcome back to the Total 90 Podcast. Uh, I'm still here with uh, Nico. <laughs> I don't know why he's laughing. So you, so you wanted to come back and you're like, I'm not going to say welcome back. No, I'm not going to say welcome back. <laughs> get, we take three takes at this to get it right for you. And then you come back and go, welcome back to the Total <laughs> <laughs> I panicked and that was the only thing I knew what to say. Welcome back. 
My parents always told me to be polite, so I thought that was the politest thing to say. Alright, so this is your segment that you love the most. It is uh it is one of my favourite subject uh <laughs> segments, sorry. Uh this little thing we called uh Facebook Finest where me and my friend Nick, uh, we do live across the other side of the world from the from the world game and um we come across some funny stuff over the internet because we do read a lot. I think we get a lot of our information from the internet, obviously. Yes. Um, and we actually come across some absolute crackers during the week. Um, I would like to start. Well, this no, sorry, just want to cut you off there. Yeah, like, this know. is all about recognizing Facebook's their best keyboard warriors. Yes. I just want to, you know, I just want to give a shout out to everybody who's on this show, this part of the show. These are my favorite kind of people, to be honest, Mickey. I know you. Every day you try and find the best comments possible. I do. I, I, how many times have I tagged you in something? It's it's an hourly basis. I'm trying to yes. sleep. But what do we got, Mick? All right. So we started off with the uh, the great man, Daniel Sturridge, um, current player. Yes. Uh, this is from a little while back, but I, it reappeared on my Facebook post, and I, I just couldn't help but share it with everyone. Yep. It's a photo of him with his uh, young team. and uh, Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, as as <laughs> and no one's got the picture up in front of them. This is a podcast, you idiot. What? You can, yep, go on, keep going. So, <laughs> that's how funny it is. He's already laughing. Okay, go on, go on. So it's a photo of him and his teammates when he was younger. Um, obviously, you can't see it over the podcast. So describe what we're looking at here. Uh, so we're looking at uh, a group of kids here taking a team photo. Um, I might mention that all the players are Caucasian. And white. White. All right. We're living in 2017. I'm not racist. Everyone's white except for Daniel Sturridge in the photo. <laughs> so what's the, is that just it? Just him posting it? No, not quite. Okay. Uh, his comment is uh, way back. Who would have thought um, it would have turned out this way? Speechless nights and heartbreak. Uh, George Fiddlin, 92. Question, which one is you? <laughs> <laughs> Did he reply? <laughs> No, <laughs> no, no, he didn't. This is on, this is on Twitter, obviously. Uh, this is on Instagram. Well, I reckon I could top you because one, that's old. We're not going <laughs> to, but this yep, one's okay. recent. This one came out this week. This is all about Lukaku transfer. Uh, yeah, I was just saying, breaking news. Manchester United will smash world record and land Romeo. Romeo Lou, sorry. Romeo. Oi, now you're Romeo up. Lukaku, I'm going to call him from now on. And yeah. uh, Harren, Harren Muse comes up with the, uh, with the cracker. Decent lad but he's got the first touch of a pedophile. <laughs> Not really world class. <laughs> Since then, I have seen a video of Lukaku with his best first touches, and they're fucking atrocious, so yeah. I'm really excited to see what he can do. I don't know how many pedophiles have a world class first touch, but... <laughs> Go on. Oh, that's... Oh, I can't... Oh, Go on. What, what do you got for us? All right, so we're moving on to, um, to a status from footy accumulators. Which asks the question, who is the most overrated player in the Premier League? A man called Chris Hall, which are I you, don't... Are you asking me or... No, no, that was just a statement. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going on from what I've, uh, okay. what I've just read here, Nico. I was about to say, uh, continue. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> Go on. Oh, Go don't on. even start this argument because you won't win. I would not let it go. <laughs> go on. Um, a man called Chris Hall has uh, commented, has to be stealing. He was no better than Nathan Redmond and nowhere near worth the cash paid for him. Fair enough. Footy accumulators replied. Oh, okay. Being good at spells though, mate. Be okay, yes. Uh, Peter McDermott. <laughs> yep. So was Harry Potter, but doesn't make him a decent winger. <laughs> <laughs> Not fair. 
bad. That's, a good, that's an old one, isn't it? And that's, have you got two old ones? No, I don't think that was an old one. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, well, I got one. I got one for all the Arsenal fans. Maybe experts then had to get this one out. Don't worry, I'm going to get him back in a second. <laughs> so they're talking about uh, the status is talking about Lacazette. Arsenal complete the signing for a record fee, forty six point five mil, according to this one. And he goes, well, fantastic with the signing with Lacazette joining the Premier League. I think it's fair to say that the top five strikers are Kane, Aguero, Sanchez, Costa, Lukaku. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, buddy? If he has a good season, he is, might crack in that top five. Are you saying, do you reckon he would be? Outside uh, well, Costa might not even be playing. By the yeah, end. that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that moves us on to the last bit of uh, Facebook's finest. Okay, you've kept this one from me. I've so kept it to last. I'm assuming it's fucking Spurs, right? Anyway, so it's a, it's a photo here of the moment Harry Kane proposes to his uh, long, long-lasting long girlfriend. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> a beautiful photo, yes. It is a nice photo. Uh, very well taken. He's very... very very nice love, shirt. Love of his life. She looks yes. very shocked. She looks like she's even crying a little bit. Probably is. Uh, with the caption, the only piece of silver he's lifted. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so true. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Not bad, Mick. Not uh, bad. We've got five. We get five every episode. That'd I feel like good. we can find more as well. Yeah. Like, this, is, this is the start of many for Facebook's finest. So uh, that makes it for this episode. <laughs> this week's episode. Well, moving on. Okay, so this is something you've uh, covered a bit more than me because I think this... Cup is a bit meaningless, but we're going to talk about the yeah, Confederations yeah. Cup that it's kind of wrapped up recently in the last week or so. Germany obviously getting on top, uh, beating Chile one nil. What what have we what have we thought about the whole tournament? Um, I, I think the main factor is uh, you, you see the German team and um, coming on top. Uh, I think it's been talked about the the amount of experience that they've actually got over you know say like an England team or, a, or not so much a Spain team. Spain have had the similar kind of experience. And uh, I, I was reading a couple of articles and listening to a few things during the week, and it just talks about um, you know the German players getting the experience in the Bundesliga and getting a chance. You look at Draxler, well, he's at PSG, he's a captain, he's played yeah. um, a fair bit of football, but you know he was at Wolfsburg playing quite regularly. Yeah. Um, and it just it probably shows in the do- the gulf of class really. Um, Germany seemed to be winning winning everything at the moment. It was a pretty uh, shocking mistake by whoever it was at the back. Nunez or something. Yes, no, it was somebody. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's unforgivable. You can't give Germany a sniff at the end of the day, can nah. you? And like they're yeah they're playing their B team and like yeah well uh, pretty much it, it's it's a tournament full of B teams. Um, I, I think Chile went in pretty full strength. I think. No, well, they, well, they, put, didn't a, have Sanchez, they put a bit more of a full strength team in, but yep. it wasn't, you know, again, like, it, it goes up back to, like, the meeting of the cup. Like, what are we, is it worth yeah, anything? Yeah. Do you I, really? don't, I don't even know. Like, I didn't know too much about it. Um, it does point at uh, a massive hole in um, our country, Australia, because I think they went pretty full strength and uh, they got their pants pulled down. Yeah, and it was, sorry, it was Diaz who uh, stuffed up the ball Diaz, at the back there. Right. <laughs> yeah, Australia's just, like, you know, it's interesting because, like, you know, our local game, our local league's getting bigger. The A League, yeah, starting, slowly, slowly, yeah, slowly growing. But at the end of the day, you know, at, at a national level, I just don't think we can compete with anyone really. Like, you know, we have this, we can win the, maybe at the Asian teams, like and all that, yeah. like the Asian competitions. But once we start versing basically any European team, we're going in as underdogs. And yep. while we do have some like decent players coming out, you know, our best player, okay, like our best international player, is just about finishing up. Yeah, okay, he was not too far off. Uh, he might, you know, probably make it to the World Cup and then he's gone. Oh, I hope not. I don't. I think he's past it. 
Well, well, it, it was funny. You, um, me and you, remember that we, me and my friend here, Nick. <laughs> yeah, my co-host. Yes. Uh, we were actually at a Melbourne you're, City game. Remember? Uh, you we, just call we, me a co-host. You are a co-host. You're a distant second. One, so. <laughs> Continue. He, he goes to banter. Uh, yeah, we we were at a game at Man City, weren't we? And we talked to a um, Manchester City ticket holder, um, and he did mention that Kyle seems to be the player that. And he said he was, a, he was renowned for scoring against City. Yes, yeah. And he, he seemed to think that Cahill didn't do much for a lot of the game, but would come up with a moment of brilliance almost. And it didn't click to me until he said that comment. And you notice that Cahill's moments are great, don't get me wrong, but he does a lot of nothing in between. Yeah, he, he goes missing. And I think a lot of strikers are like that. It's kind of like, But it is about capitalising on your moment. Yes, and, 100% agree. Yeah, and, you know, again, he was scoring against Man City. That was before the Arab money came in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, like, I wonder how he would... Yeah, it's pretty the perspective. Yeah, so, like, this is before Man City was really discovered. As, you know, there's a lot of strikers right now as, in the Premier League that are like that. I think Harry Kane's very much like that. A lot of the times he will go missing, even... but. Even the games where he goes missing, he's usually more likely to score somehow. Yeah, he'll get the ball a lot in games and not score. Like he might get an assist or two, but there's some games where he just does nothing. It just seems like you know they've got him covered, and then he'll just pop up, and in that one moment, he'll just create something out of nothing, and then score. score. Yeah, and that's the only stat that any shock has ever been um, compared to is goals, goals yep. in games. You know, you don't look at any other stat when you look at a striker, do you? Yeah, and you know, there's some you know. Cahill's one of those players. He's most goals ever for Australia. He's going to go down as that. I don't think anyone anytime soon is going to beat that. No. Nah, we don't look like we have a striker coming through that's going to be... We don't look real. like we've got really much anyone. Yeah. That's very like, true. We look at our... You know, we, we get on board with our Australian players like Moy and Matt Ryan. But don't forget, man, these are our best players yes. in brackets. And they're playing for two relegation fighting teams. And they've just come in. You know what I mean? Like, what, there's, that's perspective on to other countries. What I will say about that is, but... Um, you know, soccer right now recently in Australia has become a very kind of, you know, must-play sport for kids. Yeah, you know, it's, it's grown. About the, uh, sorry, the length that it's grown is much more than, like, the footy. Like, footy, like, our sport, sorry, our AFL is kind of deteriorating a bit. Soccer's going up, and I've got a, a person I used to work with who would always say, like, he'd go to see these under-16 uh, teams play, and he'd go, like, I tell you what, the future's really bright here. Like, the skill that they're putting on is, like, you know, compared to what they're, you know, only the sky's the limit, according to this guy. And the more people that play, the more players that are going to come out that are going to be looking good. Yep. Um, you know, I feel like the next 10 years are going to be pretty good for Australia. I, I feel like we're going to get yeah. a marquee player coming soon. I really do. I think that, you know, there's just going to be someone. And, like, it has to be. Like, you know, there has yeah. to be another Harry Kuehl. There has to be another player Well, like Harry Kuehl was great at our leads. And so was Mark Viduka. I think yes. Viduka was before our time a little bit. And I think we, we, did, we don't probably... We appreciate didn't get a chance it. to appreciate him. Yeah. Because he was... Was, like he had a couple of seasons at Leeds. He was on fire, mate. He was really tearing it up. You watch his re- like his highlights, his, his Leeds days, and he was a really good player. So, like posing on the um, on how we go internationally in Australia, if you look at say the World Cup to twenty twenty two going to Qatar, do you think that uh, Australia would do better if they you know, got that World Cup. What do you think there, you know, being the home team, not having to qualify for anything, where do you, how do you, far do you think Australia would go? And how much would that do for Australian football? Because um, I know, like, you know, something that big comes to a country and Australia's one of the only places that we could just, we could have a World Cup tomorrow because we've got the stadiums built. We yeah, don't have to do yeah, what, we, we don't have to do what, like, you know, um, like teams. And same with the Olympics, like, you know, Brazil with the Olympics and that. 
they yeah. had to build these stadiums. Now they never. You should use see them. some of the states of those stadiums now, just off the top. Exactly, it's yeah. disgusting. They don't use them anymore, and they're just they're they're holes. They're just yeah. gut, they're just dump trucks, really. And so, do you think that like if a, if it came to Australia, if it you know somehow got overturned or whatever, which it won't, of course, but that would help kind of the progress of Australian football? Um, yes and no. I'd like to think that we would win until... I don't think our country's ready yet, as in appreciation of the actual game itself. Yes. I think I'd, I'd rather have it further along down the track. I think it would help Australia if we had it. But at the same time, um, I'm kind of happy that we don't have it quite well, yet. Because you know, it's, like, it's, it's a once in a long time. You, you say know. that, you say that like, you know, we don't appreciate it as much, but you see... You know, Liverpool come out, you know, how many years ago that was? 95,000 people. Yeah, that was a good night. You see Man City versus Real Madrid, 95,000 people. You see Brazil versus Argentina, which was like a month ago, 95,000 people, whatever it was, like packing out our biggest stadium. Yeah. You know, like, I think the appreciation's there, but I think we the appreciate I think we appreciate the high quality. Yeah. We don't, like, you know, that's why the A-League is never going to have that kind of, until it builds in quality, we're not going to have the attendance. Uh, caps on international players and marquee players, agreed or yes or no? And salary cap? On marquee players? Yeah. Look... I'm not too. I'm not too sure about that one. I don't know. What are your like? What are your actual thoughts on? I'd like to hear what you think because I think you've got more of an opinion on this than me. I, I, I very much do. I think um, both of them need to go. You, you know, you want to make. I know. You know, we want to make it all Australian players, but they're not going to be the best play. Like, if we have unlimited people, you know, marquee players, then the, the Australian people that do actually play in the league are going to be good players. You know what I mean? Like, if you're, you're capping these at one or two players, then I feel like the league's going to plateau a little bit. Um, you know, and the quality won't rise. You'll force these Australian guys to be better if you if you've got these no caps and and no um marquee players, um you know unlimited marquee players. Sorry, um it forces the players that are coming through from the local leagues to be better, and um I think that's can only be a good thing. So you're talking about like the A League and that, yes? yes, yes. So with that, are you saying that like what about salary caps and that for the whole Gone. team? Because you... there's no other salary caps around the world. Yeah, it, it is a very yeah, strange. I mean, it's like it's like cutting off our own needs. Yeah, it is. It it cuts off how much potential like ability we can have, yeah. and like because none of the Australian clubs are that rich anyway that they're gonna they're gonna pay a ridiculous amount of money on wages. Oh, Melbourne City, probably oh. like, compared to the rest at the moment. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's probably. But compared, but it also gets rid they, of, they got bought for eight million dollars. Don't yeah, forget, and it, it also gets rid of the, uh, the 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 threat of marquee signings because you don't if you just got unlimited salary cap that it's not you know you're not a special marquee signing yeah. you just go on the wage you like just, everybody yeah, else. Exactly. Uh, yeah, like it raises it would raise the quality, but it's hard. The only thing I think goes against it is that as a fan, I'll ask you quickly. Yes, if you if they had more mark like more or not they wouldn't be marquee players. No salary cap qualities there. Would you be more time to go to the games? Well, it depends who they had. Simple. Exactly. Yeah, so it depends who they had, of course. I'd be interested to see how they did it, but it's hard when you've only got a certain amount of teams that, like, if you did have unlimited salary caps and that, how it would work. And, you know, you might have a team like, say, say for example, at, uh, Central Coast Mariners, you know, one of the few Sydney teams, haven't done much in a while, and, you know, they could be on the bottom every season because we, no, we have no chance of a relegation or anything like yeah. that. We don't have that afforded to us. So when you've only got how many, how many teams are there at the moment? 10 or something like that, 10 or 12? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we've only got a, a small amount of teams. It's just like, is it like you know, is it just gonna 
basically tip it to one side and be like the same two teams might be on top every season. Yeah, but isn't that with every league in every world? Yeah, well, yeah, but... When, that's, yeah, do you actually want that is that's the question? Better, that's better when you've got 20 teams to work with. Well, how about I'll put this to you. With the, you know, obviously we've got like a Victorian Premier League and, and all that kind of stuff. The leagues yes. under, would you be open to relegation? I would love relegation. I'd love relegation. And it, it allows any team to get into the top league. Oh, uh, yeah, like, you know, the, I, you could have some kind of thing where, you know, the uh, the winner of, like, you know, the division below the A-League of every state would go yep. up against each other and somehow go. The problem well, the problem is with that, but is that if you say you get rid of Perth Glory because there's only one team in Perth and then you bring up another Melbourne team or whoever wins that whole thing, it doesn't work because then you've got a whole state that has nothing to go for. Well, I'll see. How about this is a suggestion? Um, the, the top teams of every state go into a league itself. Yes. And then... You know what I mean? So say Perth went down and then Melbourne went up, yeah. then Perth Glory would go down and the Perth, the you know, the second best Perth team would still be in that same league and the, the Melbourne team would go straight back up. Wait, so you're saying that, but it would be, so there'd be no Perth teams in, in the A-League, but... But that's their fault. Yeah, but I, <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is their fault for not being good enough, but you've got to look at it financially and the A-League's not going to go, yeah, we'll get rid of it and you know, if a team like Perth goes, then that whole state doesn't watch football anymore. They don't care. Their viewership goes down because they're like, my team's not even involved in this anymore. This yeah, is crap. Yeah, that is a good point. And like, you know, if there were if there were multiple teams in every state and that it might be better, it might make more sense. Well, how about this, right? How about would you be open to expanding the A League if they could afford it? So it would have two Melbourne teams, it would have two Perth teams because you'd have to, you know, your state would have to be pretty poor to have both teams out. But it could happen. It like, could you know, happen. It could happen, and we're not. Australians are a very fickle bunch. Like when it comes to their sport and that, like some, like yeah, you know, sport. Yeah, we do like, really do ride the ra- uh, ride the wave. And like, I just don't say. see. I don't see like Perth going down to the second tier and people still really giving a shit and being like, "Yo, rock." They're not going to get ten thousand people to a second tier game. Yeah. Because like we could barely field a first tier at the moment. The more teams you bring in, the lower the quality gets. We're not. I don't think we're at that stage right now where we, we can, can expand it. Yeah. We, well, we can expand definitely, but we can't expand by like six teams. And, and still have a quality to it. It's like anything, like, you know, uh, they're bringing up, like, we had a women's league, uh, like a women's league first up for the AFL, uh, for, our, uh, for our main sport. And, you know, when they had the, like, the best of versing each other, it's, it was decent. And then, but then when they had eight teams and they had the best players spread across eight teams, the quality dips. It was, yeah, it was pretty poor quality, I think. Um, but the amount of girls that have come into the game, like, yeah. I know this is a bit off topic, uh, of soccer anyway, but, like, the amount of girls that have picked up the game because of the, the women's AFL is, is, is quite encouraging. Of course. It's going to take 10 years, I reckon, for it to, to get up to quality. Yeah. Whether it's, it can last 10 years is the, the next well, question. That's, that's it. Like it, Once it starts getting looked at, it's not a novelty and actually like a real sport. They could probably use the A-League as a good template, as the, the way to go, because, um, you know, it's, it's a similar kind of way. The A-League had that initial burst of, of, people, yes. of people coming to watch the games. Um, unfortunately, unlike teams in England, um, the history isn't a hundred years. You know, you don't have that that supporter base that you've always had. You know, th- these teams really were reborn, really the A League, and it was really starting new. And I don't know if anyone knows this, how hard it is to just start supporting a team from nothing. Because if you think about any team that you've ever grown up with in your life, it, 
it was before you can remember supporting you were supporting them. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's what makes being a, a part of a club so great because you don't – not necessarily to have the choice of like your father goes, no, nah, we're going this team or you're from an area. And, you know, the greatest part about being a part of a club, I reckon, is the fact that you don't just go choosing the team. You, you know, yeah. you're born with it and you and you grow up with the team and you, and you ride the highs and you go with the lows. And unfortunately, like – it's probably similar to like MK Dons, really. With the same kind of deal, yes, yeah. um, they're a new team. But unfortunately, when you start in your whole new competition, you've got no like. You, if if the team you go to, like I'm the perfect example of the the A League. I'm a hundred percent full blown fence sitter. Now it's the worst kind of fit. Like, could you imagine being a fence sitter in London? Going, oh, yeah, I like Tottenham and I like Arsenal and I yeah, and I like uh, Chelsea. And you'd be like, you'd be fucking bashed. But in my in my defence, I, I just feel like I enjoy the game. I, I, I watched Melbourne Victory. I've actually watched them win a couple of grand finals. Same. In the, in the A-League. So in our, in the A-League over in Australia, um, they actually play off in the grand final. It's not uh, top of the table. Um, a little bit different setup to the Premier League. It's I a good, thought we'll make that up. It, it is a good setup uh, for the Australian League because one, it, it kind of encapsulates what Australian sport's about. Like, yeah. or, and also because we don't have the teams, like it's not as... Because we don't have the amount of teams to do it, we only have you know ten or twelve teams. Yeah, you know, we need you need more teams to have kind of that, and you know be the best for the whole season. And like if it was like this season, like Sydney were miles ahead on points, like you know would have been over like halfway through. And again, like I was saying before, Australian fans are a bit fickle. Like once the season like was basically wrapped up, people would probably stop going. They'd be like, yeah, well, you know, 100%. what's the point? But um, yeah, getting back to what I said. Uh, like I honestly, I couldn't decide what team I wanted to go for, and I still don't know which team to go for. And but it's because I haven't been brought up on a team. You know, like if you ask me what Premier League team, or my my family's Liverpool. Liverpool is it? Like there is no. That's fun, it. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. You wear your heart and your sleeve. Liverpool fan, like diehard fan. But the fact that this this lease is so new, it's not like I don't take it, you don't take it seriously. It's just it doesn't have that foundations of of just unconditional support. Yeah, I agree. And like, you know, like same with like AFL footy, you're born into and you're going for a team from the start. Yeah. And you know, you're, you are right in that sense that it is very hard to get behind a team as much when, there's you know, no history or there's, there's no, no, there's yeah, nothing there's... to it. And like, it's the same with me. Like I used to be a victory supporter and then I kind of swapped over after a couple of years of, you know, hard or city, city or hard. Um, and it was just kind of like, I just wanted to go for a new team. It was simply it. Like, they were struggling for supporters. And I was just like, well, why not? Like, you know, yeah, give them some go. Uh, like, victory kind of, their supporters kind of pissed me off a little bit. Like, they're a bit, they're just like, they're just dickheads, a lot of them. So, like, I was just kind of like, I just want to get get out of that. And I still don't have real ties to them. Like, I don't really, like, I'm not going to go to every game. I'll go to a few games a year. Yeah. But I'm, well, like, I will, we'll watch, I will watch, watch every Spurs game live. If possible, if it, if it's going through work, of course yeah. I can't. But like, if this if a Spurs game is going on, I'm gonna be watching it for yeah. nearly for ninety fucking five percent of the time. Yeah. And same same with every other sport that I really follow, I will watch yeah. every game. And then like even like, but the the thing is too like for you, um, you've probably come become a Tottenham fan for over the last ten years or so. Well, I was a Tottenham fan from very early because I remember my what my dad used to do is he used to buy me like basically cheap. Uh, like soccer jerseys and give them to me all the time because when I used to play soccer and the first jersey he ever gave me was the Spurs one so that was always why I liked it I liked the crest I liked the, yeah, the crest yeah, at the time yeah. and uh, the second one was the Juventus one funnily enough 
and I just, I don't know why I just didn't like because it was Collingwood because it was Collingwood so I was just like which is a team in the AFL (laughs) clarify that I love it how like you're like like, as if like all these English people like (laughs) people from all over the world (laughs) but uh, yeah so I what league are they in yeah (laughs) BBVA just coming out but yeah like so I I went for Spurs and like it was all about you know there was a bit of a time where I kind of went you know what I'm going to really start getting into this because I really started enjoying the way that everything was going on and I liked I liked just there's just some kind of passion about it. There's some, there's some passion, there's history, better. and and that's the kind of thing that wraps up, which the A League does not have. There's nothing better than seeing, and because you know, obviously we can't be there to, at a game, but there's nothing better than seeing a full stadium just lose their yeah. mind yeah. for for just five seconds, like that that initial few seconds when they when your team scores and you just like it doesn't matter where you are, you can't help but get, get excited. up and excited. Exactly, yep. you can't help but be like fuck yeah, let's like you know let's go and. They're, you just can't do that when the, the stadiums are empty and just it doesn't have an atmosphere to it. And that's exactly right. And I guess we watched the Premier League over here and we, under, like, probably not everyone over here understands that it's it's not the same in the Championship, it's not the same in League One, but the difference is there is passion and the stadiums are pretty pretty full over there, I'd, I'd imagine. Like, obviously, they're not going to get full capacity like the Premier League teams, but um, there's a history to every club, you know, there's a supporter base. Um and it's hard to, and once you've been a supporter, like you know, like we're supporters of our English clubs, it's hard. It's hard to support a team over here in Australia where the supporter base is so little, and there's no history, and there's no, you know, what I mean, like it's just hard to be to get a part of it, and it's hard to get up and about. It's okay when you're at the ground, like we've gone to, like we've gone to, a, you know, a few games, yeah. and it's good being part of the cheer squad and all that, but. At the same time, it's it's not it's nothing the compared ultras. to the English game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, I agree, and it's kind of like you know the cool thing about in the Premier League, the Championship League too, is everybody's striving for something. Yes, but it's not the same. Like a lot of people, you look at, and it's incredible when you really think about how every team has a goal. Has yeah, has a goal, but like somehow still has incredible support. You look at a team like Sunderland, or like we'll say Bournemouth because my boys in Bournemouth this season, last season, just been sorry, um. Their goal was to survive relegation. Simple. Yeah. And that was a win for them. They go away going, we had a great season. They're not a team who every season's gonna go, we need to win the league. You look at Aston Villa, they're right they're in a space right now now they've got the marquee signing of John Terry. Uh, John, <laughs> that like you know, they're gonna be they're gonna be start to slowly push up and try and win the championship. Yeah. Then they can move up and like the championship They need to rebuild a little the bit, championship yeah. to some clubs well to most clubs who are in that championship are is as good as winning the Premier League. There's nothing better than winning something like winning a title. Yeah, exactly like, right. And like you know, some and then there's teams that just need to avoid relegation in the championship and don't want to go down the league too. Like you know, it's just and it goes down again. Like you know, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's just exactly so right. it's just incredible to and see. Then, how and it then works. those league two teams are trying to stay into the into the professional football. Exactly. And like it's incredible to see how everyone can get behind all of that. And the fact that they can play, you know, they can have the final between Huddersfield and um and Reading at Wembley Stadium is ridiculous to me. Yeah. Like and like it wasn't full. I'm not going to go ahead and say like the stadium was full because everybody has to travel in to Wembley Stadium, which you know, they're not too like you know I don't know where they are location wise, but I don't think yeah, they're too they're yeah. too close. But it's just incredible that you can have a final for a championship like for that last spot into the Premier League and have it at Wembley Stadium. Exactly right. Madness. You know, and and you see how much it meant to to all the fans for you know Huddersfield getting in and um, it's just. It's just something that's very hard to find in this country. 
Um, in most sports, really. It's not even just soccer. It's not even just the A-League. Um, I think most teams, like over in Australia, we, we've got Australian was football where um, a lot of people jump on. There's a final series at the end of each year. And um, a lot you find like a lot of people coming out of nowhere as a supporter when their team's in the finals and uh, they seem to care um, when, when, when they're in the grand final. But I, I, there is... 95% of supporters, right, say they're... So you, the AFR is a grand final, and you're kind of like the FA Cup final, but for the league. Yeah. Um, and if their team lost, I reckon they'd be they'd be sad for maybe 20 minutes, except for the few supporters that really do live or breathe the club. And then they'd probably keep drinking their beer with a mate. Yeah. And the difference between that and, and the English sport is... I know, like, the day we were talking to that guy who, who was actually lucky enough to be at the Manchester City game where Aguero scored that goal. Yeah. And he said there were grown men crying. He was. He said he, he was. He was crying. And, and it was, you know, it was really, I don't know what the word is, but it was just really special to, like, the way he said it. it it's was even just, just to hear the story from him. Yeah, yeah, and just, like, the way he said it. I was getting, I remember I was just getting genuine goosebumps just listening yeah. to that, being like, how amazing would that have been? Because I just remember that being the ovation and just how the camera was shaking by how much noise it yeah. was being projected. And he was just so like easily saying, oh yeah, like I was just like, I was bawling my eyes out, hugging everybody. And like, it was just acceptable. It was acceptable. It was just such passion. And it was one of those things where you can just go, like you were a part of something massive. Yeah. And like, uh, that's why everyone supports sport. I feel like, cause and like, you know, the Premier just League, to be a part is, of something, yeah, you, you want know? to be so, part of something big. And like, you know, whether it's a success or not, like it's just being a part of that. It's just something special. Exactly right. And, um, like, you even think about, like, I don't know how many times I've watched the video of that goal. That and Martin Tyler when he scores. And he says, like, well, well, just, you know, just yeah. stuff like that is just what sport is all about. And, like, we live in an existence where what else have we got? You know, when we've got, you know, obviously we've got family and friends, but sport is something that generally brings um, anyone from any walk of life together and yeah you know it's a thing that you can't just troll you like obviously they say you buy titles and that but you're not like you buy you're buying the best players to win the thing but at the end of the day you can never buy something it has to just happen yeah it does and and yeah and that's the greatness of well that's why and that's why a lot of people say that you know like as i said before like people say like sometimes winning the championship is better than winning the premier league because because you know some people would argue that like you know if you buy a Premier League and some people will be like, well, winning the championship of not much money is much harder. Yes. Yeah. So like, it's really cool. Well, man, we've been going on, we went on about that for a while. Actually. We, weren't really we have, yeah. So I, th- I think we should probably... Well, we've got one little thing to look at, one more thing that you wanted to definitely bring up. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up the um, the topic of uh, Rangers. Uh, they had a Europa League qualification round during the week and they actually lost 2-1 to Progress, uh, no, I don't even know how to spell that. Uh, yeah, no, you, you wrote it on, he wrote it on board. Never took it on board. It doesn't matter what the name is, they're a semi-professional team. Um, Rangers went up 1-0 in the first league and lost 2-0 in the second. I don't know where that puts Scottish football in general. Um, Scottish football looks like it's in a, in a bit of a dark dark patch at the moment. You know, Celtic... They won by 30 points or something ridiculous. Um, no one likes a league where it's literally like that. I know Paris Saint-Germain have had that corner over the last few years. But not last year. <laughs> but not last year, obviously. But 
I just feel that Scottish League has really got nothing to it. Uh, I don't know about you, Nick. Yeah, it does. It seems like the quality... Like, it's one of those things I don't pay too much attention to the Scottish League, but I remember, you know, I'm just not even looking too far back, probably about five years ago, it seemed like it was always on... Like Facebook feeds or like you know yeah. sometimes well the, you know Rangers and Celtic were up the yeah. top fighting it out and like that was that was a massive thing and now it just kind of it just seems like it's, there's nothing to it anymore yeah. it seems like the, I don't know if the quality's dipped like well you know like and you can't you can't like blame Celtic you know what what can they do all they can do is win every you know they've they've got an unbeaten season so that's what I mean they've had an invinci- uh, invincible season right pretty good pretty good but who did you play like literally well, who did you play like a top, but like you know, if that but you could say that, of course, but you know, you could say that about a lot of teams. You could say that about PSG. You could say that about yeah. You could say that about you know Bayern and that like it is still you can only beat what's put in front of you and like it's more about the yeah. overall quality I think which is the issue. But like at, that being said, like fans still come out. Like you know, people yeah. are still there. Like you know, the people still th- love it. I think the Celtic supporters have this feeling that um you know like. Yeah, they've got a great team, but they've got a great team in Scotland. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They, so they'll go into the Champions League qualifications this year and um, they'll probably get fanned out, obviously. You know, I don't know where the Scot- I actually don't know where Scottish football goes like this. They've, they've got to get another team up there. They've got to get something something worth looking for because if Celtic wins like that in the next two or three years, then yeah. it becomes a boredom. Kind yeah, of then thing. it becomes yeah, it becomes the the interest drops, the demand isn't there anymore, and yeah, like it, it is tough. And I guess you could say you could argue that the bigger team, the bigger leagues are the same, but the bigger leagues also have better quality football. At the end yes. of the day, you yeah. still have teams and they like, don't. Have, and obviously, the uh, Scottish teams don't have the money that. that the yeah, it, it, they're in a tough spot. Like it's, I don't really know what they can do. They can just keep playing. So if the fans keep turning out, then they they don't have a problem. But Good. once the fans start going away, that's when they start losing money and financially that's what and you know, that's what before you know they'll be down the same oh yeah. Yeah, and but like at the end of the day, you know, football is is a business. Like, you know, as much as we like to say that it is about we think it's about this and that and that. If football didn't make any money, it wouldn't be a thing. People mm. wouldn't like you know, yeah. people wouldn't be it wouldn't be broadcasted on T V. Yeah, hundred percent. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Total 90 Podcast, Episode 2. If you like what you hear, subscribe to us on iTunes. Mickey Kennedy, take us out. Yeah, guys, uh, do us a favour, leave us a review, give us some feedback, uh, mainly on the stuff that why I'm a better MC than Nico. Uh, you are the most distant mic on the planet, but <laughs> what we're going to do right now, we're just going to vibe out. Thank so, you very much. Bye.